Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. iPad is gonna be meaning all thing. Hush up now, fool. Hush up. I forgot I'm on restrictions about Facebook, so I'm about to do the Facebook uh, a little bit different. I'm about to copy the link from Twitter and post it in the Facebook page. So I can't go live until December 1st. Uh, 
That's tough. Yeah. Hey, can you put that on repeat? Yeah. <laughs> Offer as a background for the night. Put that all the way on repeat. <laughs> I'm gonna see if I can loop it. Right? Yeah. Hey man, yeah. we gonna yeah. cut up tonight, yeah. bro. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Get all the way the fuck out of here. Get all the way the fuck out of here. Hey. <laughs> I gotta find a video. Hold on. Let's see if I can find it. That's an actual song. Oh, wait. If you can find it, shit, I'll put it up and share it. <laughs> Yo, I don't even know how to. Hey. Ain't it a whole song? Yeah, it's a whole song. Uh, I'm putting a message. I don't know. I'm going to share it right quick. Then I'm going to keep on playing it. I don't know. They should be able to hear if we can hear it.
Man, next time I may send a stream yard link for you to set up because a lot of our fan, um, fans come from Facebook and I'm having to filter it around a different okay. way. I feel you. We'll get through tonight. Oh, I don't. Dang. Twitter on my iPad. I'm about to pop it open. So what now? I said I thought I had Twitter on my iPad, but I don't, so I'm just going to download it right quick. Good to go, JD. Yeah, I'm good to go. Okay. Let's see. I'm gonna have to use my data sparingly with my my webcam. Oh, okay, Lord I knows, it get the it get the tripping on me. 
All right, man. Let's go to knock this out. You good? Mm-hmm. All right. I want to share how to keep 12 minutes. Hey, what's up there, Panther fans? Welcome to a very special edition of the four-man rush. I'm your main man, Kevin Avery, a.k.a. 4MR underscore country Kev. As usual, got my partner on the line with me tonight, uh, Jadaris McCoy, a.k.a. Panther, the Panthers Den. Um, just before we get started, we want to let you know that this broadcast here is brought to you especially by the people at Grey Goose. Because, you know, we celebrate whenever, you know, Matt Rule, you know, gets the fuck up up out of here. So we want to appreciate them for sponsoring tonight's uh, liquid refreshments. <laughs> All right, so, um, oh, so about what's around dude. what 11 <laughs> so it must have been around what 11 o'clock, uh, 11 between 11 and 12, uh, when all the notifications start going off, you know, that uh, yep. that Dave Tepper came out and made it known that uh, he was firing uh, former Panthers head coach Matt Rule. Uh, first, uh, you know, everybody was scrambling to make sure that it was believable and was true, but uh. Sure as a roll go by the church, it was definitely confirmed because I started seeing on ESPN and CBS Sports and Pro Football Talk and all those notifications start coming in. So definitely, man. Um, hey, I mean, I ain't gonna lie, I was one thinking that Dave Tepper might wait to the end of the season, but clearly, you know, in his press conference today, even though he said that it wasn't the deciding factor, but it was a factor of how the uh, how things went in yesterday's game. He said he felt like the players lost their uh, intensity. Uh, the fact that there was more fans in red at the game yesterday than than Panther fans in blue uh, didn't sit too well with him. So, uh, you know, as y'all scroll and see at the bottom here, uh, Matt Rule – you know, just his, the record speaks for itself. His win-loss record was 11 wins, 27 losses, and 38 games uh, from 2020 to 2022. Um, he, under Matt Rule, the Panthers have lost 25 straight games when opponents score 17 points or more, which is the longest such in NFL history. Um, JD, uh, fans been hollering for this, you know, some since last year. A few can say from from year one, you know, after with him. Uh, what's what's your take? What was your initial reaction when you heard? And and uh, what's what 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 can you say to summarize uh, what led up? What you feel like were the the things that led up to the firing of Matt Rule? Yeah, um, I was honestly surprised. I was in shock. Because I didn't think it would happen so soon. Um, I think I'm on record saying I think about week six or seven we would know for sure, or right around close to half to halfway through the season, um, we would know what the direction would be. But yeah, I did not think Tepper would pull the trigger so soon on uh, firing him. So when that notification hit about it, it was like eleven oh nine on the dot. Uh, when I when it hit and I saw it, I was like, "Wow, there, there's no." I was in shock. Um, I think it was justified. I think 
most fans could see it coming. Um, even though the team still seemed like they were fighting and trying to scratch and claw their way to, to victory, it's like your team now has to face uh, trying to get it together, not only on the football field. Football is challenging enough for players to execute on this level, but now they have to battle against coaching too. Um, now that they have to, now they have to battle against um, terrible situational play call and terrible play calls. Period. It's like they have to battle against that as well as the other team, which is pretty impossible to overcome. Um, I think it's a wonder that they even won a game. Honestly, um, I think Jameis gifted us some some um, some a touchdown or two there here and there. When we played, I mean, he likes to give rap interceptions or whatever. I attribute that to Jameis being Jameis and Jameis being heard and it being the Saints and a divisional rival. You never know. So, um, yeah, it was justified. I think a lot of fans, for most of us, we knew by the end of the end of last season that Rue wasn't going to be the guy. So, I applaud Tepper for going ahead and. Uh, once he figured it out, <laughs> once he figured it out, um, to go ahead and, and pull that trigger and uh, go ahead and get that next um, step in the Carolina Panther story started. Yeah, you definitely hit the nails on the head with that one. Um as far as, you know, those factors, you know, especially with the players. Uh, honestly, the players were fighting for rule. Uh, they were saying all the right things, you know, to uh, to the media about him, uh, you know, trying to sh- show that we got a strong locker room and, you know, didn't want to throw nobody in the bus. But you got to believe that deep down that how they really felt, they, they didn't want to publicly say they wanted to, keep it in-house, you know, be classy, be respectful. Because, um, you know, you can't tell me with the talent that we got on the roster. And, and I know at a, at multiple positions right now, we definitely could use an upgrade. Number one position is definitely a quarterback, but it looks like we're going to be scraping the bottom barrel for that one, um, you know, here. But as far as other positions, we've mentioned like tight end, interior offensive line. Uh, defensive end, linebacker. Hey, we can throw in the cornerback if you like. Um, you know, I, I still think that with just average quarterback play, the way the defense has been playing, uh, JD, is it a far stretch to say we would we could be should be at least no less than four and one, if not possibly five and zero? Oh, because you know the forty nine ers didn't pour it onto us until late third quarter and most of the fourth quarter. Um, I think halftime was only like a 10-3 game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I think it, I think it's not outlandish to say they could be sitting at three or four wins right now um, mm-hmm. if the offense could actually extend drives and didn't have our defense turn around, get a four and out, then turn around three snaps later, not even, and be right back on the field. Um, yeah, I think um, given that Baker – and the offense could extend drives. It's not even like, even if we didn't score touchdowns in some scenarios, if we could just get a couple first downs, um, that would have done wonders for Brian Burns and those guys because now they get to catch their breath instead of 
having to put on the oxygen mask and suck oxygen and just get right back out there. So, yeah, I think this off this team, the the um, the Achilles heel of this team is is the offense. So you just can't have that in this league. There's no way that if the opposing team scores more than seventeen points, your offense can't respond and hang. But that that's what two touchdowns and a field goal, right? So it's like that's that's just it's pitiful. So yeah, given a better offense, given better quarterback play, more consistent quarterback play, we would be in a much different spot right now. And that's not I don't think that's outlandish to say. Yeah, it's definitely not outlandish to say that at all. That's that's how I feel. Um I don't know, maybe maybe I mean, you can call me a little bit of homer talking about five and oh, but I mean when I look back at all the games, I mean week one against Cleveland, uh, you know, they was gashing us with the run. Uh, you know, Jacoby Brissett, I don't even think he had what a hundred and fifty, even seventy-five yards passing, if that much. Um, you know, it's pretty much a dink and dunk game with a couple of shots here and there. Um, same thing with New York, you know, it was a battle of field goals, you know, they just happened to you know, I think we missed one or missed the opportunity to take one, and they and they took theirs. Um, you know, we won against the Saints uh, again against against the Cardinals. Uh, again, another game where our defense held them for like three quarters. You know, I think like what ten points, and then just finally open up in the fourth from being on the field 38, 40 minutes. Uh, so you're right. You know, if, if if some of those games, if it was nothing more or less than to kill time to let the defense, you know, rest to try to finish their their work, you know, of holding teams to 13, 15 points or whatever. Um that definitely would have worked. And then on top of that, they they would they were throwing in a couple of scores themselves. You know, I mean just imagine the games where we had where the defense scored two touch had scored a touchdown had we scored just two touchdowns offensively, we would have had enough to win the game, bro. <laughs> so yeah. um I mean the offense was truly off offensive and I, I I just really think that you know I feel like you know players make plays and I get all of that but I, I just feel like feel like the coaching in some aspects the overall coaching direction just wasn't putting players in the right position, like we, we still, and, and JD, you know, in our four man rush chat, we, you know, we go at it hard about, you know, who should be starting where, when, this, and that, third. But I mean, I, I get it, you know, let's, let's talk about the offensive line. Um, our quarterback is too obvious. <laughs> you know, we're down, to, we're down to now our third string quarterback, PJ Walker, and um, I'm hearing we're looking to try to bring in someone possibly you know to throw throw out there as a backup because i think we've had a guy on the practice squad for a few weeks that i can't even think of um so it'll be interesting to see who the quarterbacks that are even dress you know when we make this west coast trip to the rams um but yeah so um but yes i mean come on now i i get the fascination with, with brady christian but if y'all watching the if y'all watching the film watching the games on the all 22, uh, you know, he'll get some good blocks here and there, but a lot of times he's, he's getting pushed, he's getting his stuff pushed in, man. And like, we're not getting that, 
that push, you know, on, on them third and one and fourth and ones, man. And a lot of time between him and Elfline, you know, they're the ones that's, you know, giving up the, 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 the play to the player that's, that's making the tackle, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, got to throw Moat name in there too, you know, cause he's had some ass moments where he didn't execute the block, you know, as well. So, um, you know, I get it, but, you know, I, I would like to think that if Michael Jordan was starting at left guard over Brady Christensen, I like to think that we would have better rushing numbers. I like to think we would have more third down conversions because under Ben McAdoo, we're, we're running up the a gap, you know, nearly, I think like almost like 49, 50% of our rushing attempts are coming up to a gap. So we're going to be running like that. Why not have players and, you know, blockers in there that are built for that. Um, right. Right. You know, you know, if this is your philosophy, if we're going to be that, you know, tough ass team, you know, if we're going to be playing smash mouth, get some smash mouth blockers up in there. Um, you know, my God, you know, tight end position. I mean, did we really just re-sign Ian Thomas just to be a strong blocker? I mean, this dude has more screen passes thrown to him than than DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. <laughs> You know, I was able to find that little detailed stat. You know, they've thrown three screen passes to Ian Thomas, but only two to DJ Moore and only two to Robbie so far this season. Um, I'm, I'm not sure where McAdoo felt like, you know, this would be, you know, effective. Um, you know, I mean, I'm all for giving Ian Thomas his, you know, snaps and reps, but – you know, bro, this this for me that ain't that ain't it. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's gotta be used differently in the uh in the past game. Hell, he showed him week one, you know, he can you know, he can go down the seam and catch a ball for 30, 40 yards. Um you know, I I just really feel like that the weapons that we have are being misused. And I just felt like the personnel um is surely lacking. You know, and then on the defensive side, um outside of Brian Burns, you know. As much as I like him, but I got to call him out. You two gross meadows playing like, like crap, bro. You know, um, Marquise Haynes has had his moments, but, you know, he hasn't really shown the consistency of making impact plays like he was last year. Um, you know what I'm saying? So we still have questions at that opposite uh, outside um, defensive end edge spot of Brian Burns. You know, you can say we still have questions at middle linebacker. Uh, I think Shaq Thomas has proven that he's better at outside than inside. Uh, but, you know, um, the, the guy Wilson, you know, Corey Littleton. I mean, you know, they've made a play here and there, but nothing like the consistency that we were spoiled and that we was used to by the, you know, by the great Luke Keekley. You know what I'm saying? And and then when we talk about other cornerbacks, um, Bruh, as much as I'm a big fan of C.J. Henderson, I mean, it seems like every game he's committing that penalty that's just, particularly on third downs, that's just killing us, bruh. And I and I can't, I can't, I can't figure it out because we saw the film. He was a dog in college, you know what I'm saying? Like, like he was like locking up Justin Jefferson at LSU, you know what I'm saying? So it's not like he doesn't have, you know, a resume or pedigree to say that he can't cover, but for whatever reason. Uh, it's just not clicking, and um, you know that training camp award that he got just just never hasn't carried over. But yeah, but that just for me, JD. That's you know, as far as like 
personnel and how they've been used properly. I just feel like that's something that as a fan, I felt like also was a reason that led to, you know, Matt Rule being fired. Absolutely. And then if you even take it even further back last season, he flips the whole line and starts moting at left tackle and starts Christian at right tackle. And just just I, baseless too. He's just like, well, let's try this and see if it works. I'm like, in the middle of the season. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It was a matter of time. Yeah, man, that would always be mystifying to me. Like, you know, you took two career tackles at one only one spot only and, and flipped them. It, it's almost like, hey, I believe so much that I can. It's it's almost like he was so determined to do odd stuff that broke the normal protocol and thinking that it could work just so that he can say that, you know, he did it his way. You know, Um and again, maybe that he'll get away with that in college, because um, I'm assuming that he'll likely, you know, be getting one of the top, you know, openings uh, coming up, you know, in college. And here's the thing, Matt Rule as a college coach, I, I wish you well. This this was just more than what you was was ready for. Um, I don't have any personal hatred for the man or his family. Um, I thank him for trying his best, but your methods uh, simply you know, did not fit what is required to win in the NFL. So, I, uh, yeah, Matt Rule, I definitely wish you and your family well, but um, we're moving on to the next. And speaking of the next, um, J.D., you know, the uh, interim head coach is uh, Charlotte native, Charlotte graduate, um, you know, Steve Wilkes, who started off on the um, staff on the Rivera I think he had an interim session at D.C. one time when uh, Rivera had made a change. Um, I think that um, and then he had the one-year stint in Arizona, I believe, in 2018. Then I believe he went to Cleveland as a defensive coordinator and then finally came back here uh, this season to, uh, you know, coach the secondary. Um, he's got 12 games left. Um, I'm personally – Glad he got the opportunity, but I'm also kind of sad because, again, in this league, you know, J.D., we've already established, you got to have a good head coach and at least at worst, a good to slightly above average quarterback to have any type of success. And, you know, as much as we try to be optimistic, we've got to be realistic as well. You know, with the current status of our quarterback position, I mean, for all the proper game planning and things that is going to be done. How realistic can we be to expect, you know, to get some wins, you know, with the the way things currently are? I'm expecting exactly zero more wins, bro. (laughs) That's, that's my expectation. Anything other than that is exceeding my expectations. Um, Becoming an interim head coach, in the league, especially a black interim head coach, is a kiss of death. Like, it's like 
boom, coach gets fired in the middle of the season. Okay, you're you're a guy here, and you have some experience as a head coach. I'm gonna go ahead and put you in this role. But as soon as the season over, you get in that pink slip too. Like you're not. It's that's just how interim head coaches work in the league. It's very rare that your interim head coach comes in, steps in, and does a good enough job to keep that job. And it may have happened once or twice in the last decade. Um, I, I remember tweeting something earlier today. I was like, how many times has a, head, a team lost their head coach in the middle of the season and gone on a win streak? Um, people mentioned the Rams, um, uh, the Raiders, but I don't think the Raiders were on a, a, a losing streak like us, like we were, um, or like we are, like we're 11 and 27 in the last 38 games. The Raiders weren't that. The Raiders were actually winning games. Um, they were starting to turn it around, and then Gruden gets caught. And it wasn't even a performance issue. It was it was the um, the PR issue behind it that got Gruden fired. So I, I'm hard-pressed to find a situation like ours where our offense has absolutely no offensive identity outside of Christian McCaffrey. Um, I've never even seen a defense, uh, a team built this like diametrically opposed to where we'll have a, a awesome defense, an awesome special teams that'll block field goals, and then an offense that's just completely inept. It, it doesn't compute, and that's certainly not a winning formula for an interim head coach. So, um, I like Steve Wilkes. I wish him the best. If he could win enough to stick around, I would be down for it. Um, he's a Charlotte native. Um, City of Charlotte loves him. The players love him. Um, I just can't see it happening. I think Tepper is going to pick his guy um, come the end of the season. And Steve Wilkes is going to be on the outside looking in yet again. That's just how I see it um, playing out. Yeah, I definitely think it's unfortunate that Steve Wilkes might get the, you know, short end, you know, of this. I mean, JD, I'm, I'm, you know, keep it real with you, man. I, I can get the conflict of, you know, fans wanting us to have the worst record so we can have the number one overall pick or at least in the top three, so that we're in position to grab potentially what is. Uh, what many are viewing, you know, franchise uh, quarterbacks, you know, coming out. Um, so I, I get that aspect, you know, um, you know, because if you're going to have a new coach, you want to give him an opportunity to choose his uh, franchise quarterback. So I, I definitely get that part, you know, but uh, it's also that part of me that, like you said, want to see Steve Wilts you know, succeed, man, and be given a chance, you know what I'm saying? And, well, now that he's got the chance to be in position to win, like, um, it's going to be real interesting to see what and if any personnel moves, because if I'm not mistaken, if I heard, I don't know if you listened to Tepper's presser today, um, seemed like all personnel decisions are now in the hands of Fitterer, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, um, if I've I think the way one of the reporters asked him, I think that's kind of how uh, Tepper kind of phrased it is that, you know, uh, 
um, that's how it's going to be. Now, definitely, I feel like Wilt's going to have his input, but as far as the uh, control that was previously given by, um, that was given to Rue, I, I don't think we Tepper going to ever do that again. <laughs> I definitely don't think that's something that's going to happen again, giving him complete final say on personnel. Um, at, at least not with their resume now. I know a lot of fans been hollering Sean Payton. Now, just to play devil's advocate real quick, JD, with let's just say for conversation's sakes, we're able to pull off getting Sean Payton. Now, with Sean Payton, would you feel comfortable giving him the same type of control that uh, Rule had as far as personnel? Or do you think that, you know, that that kind of control should be equally shared between the coach in the gym. All right, Jaddy, sorry um, about that. I didn't, I didn't mm. know you fell off here, but um, yeah, go ahead with your answer. I, I hope you still heard me. Yeah, I heard you. I was, I was listening. Okay. My little okay. AOL dial up, you know, Du, 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 du. You know the you know the vibes. My Wi-Fi on that gray goose that you got on your desk. Um, <laughs> yeah, as it stands, I find I find it very um, I find it very hard to believe that Tepper would give another head coach as much control as he gave Rule. Um, just because it's burnt them already, whatever, what have you. Um, yeah, I, I also think that, um, if he was to give that control to somebody, it would have to be somebody proven. So, uh, Sean Payton obviously is not, uh, a rookie head coach. He's been around the block a couple times, had some success in the league, won the Super Bowl, uh, kind of knows what he wants to look for. Um, also he would bring an office of identity, um, and, he has a good idea of what kind of quarterback he needs to fit that system. So I can see um, Tepper giving him a little bit more leeway. Um, but guys like a D'Amico Ryans who would come in as a first-time head coach or a guy that's been around a couple times and hasn't really stuck anywhere, or a guy like Leslie Frazier, or guys like that, I feel like it would be more of a cooperation. Uh, between them and the whoever the GM is. I think Fitterer will stick around. So just for sake of um, conversation, I'll say Fitterer sticks around. I think it'll be a, co- a collaboration between the head coach, Fitterer, and Samir Suleiman. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I find it hard to believe that he'll just give 100% control to just any head coach. Um that's already burnt at one time. I can't see him making that same mistake. Yeah, I can't either. And to be honest with you, you know, since Sean Payton is under contract, um, I'm definitely, and I don't want to focus too much on Sean Payton because, you know, it's supposed to be about Steve Wilkes, but just, I'm just not a fan of sending them draft picks for him. Uh, I, I personally, I don't think that they want to see him in the division against them anyway. So 
I, I see them doing something of asking for something so absurd that we say no. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, that I just feel like both teams would be petty because you know we already got some pettiness involved. Wasn't a couple years ago during the draft, um, we was trying to get that uh, quarterback that was kind of like a multi-use player and and like uh, like they jumped us and then we ended up eventually getting them out the practice squad or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so there's no secret. There's there's animosity and hatred and, and pettiness uh, between us and the Saints. I really don't think Sean Payton is going to be a realistic option, although he's probably the most qualified option uh, out there, especially since so many of our fans feel like that we need a offensive-minded, you know, head coach. And when I come to think about it, I think nearly all of our coaches have been defensive-minded. Um, Dom Capers to start off with. Now, George Seifert was considered offensive-minded coach, but, you know, but by then, you know, he, he was kind of like past his heyday. Uh, John Fox, defensive-minded coach. Ron Rivera, defensive-minded coach. Uh, Matt Rule must have been a hybrid. He really had been a coach equally on both sides of the ball and special teams, so I guess he would be the first, quote-unquote, well-rounded coach. Um, me, personally, I don't really have a preference offensive-defensive-minded because I've seen – um, offensive-minded coaches have success by having a strong defense. And I've seen defensive-minded coaches have success by having a good quarterback, you know, a.k.a. like, you know, Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, um, you know, one of Sean McDermott. But, um, yep. you know, I, um, like I said, I'm happy for Wilts, but I'm also sad because I really feel like that He's not going to be in a position to get the wins that he deserves, that the fans need. Because can you imagine waiting eight months for a football season, JD, and I already feel like what's today's day, October the 10th? We got three more months of football left, 12 more games. And we're realistically looking at the fact that we may not win another game. And then we got to wait all the way to free agency and the draft and all that. And just, and then wait through OTAs and training camp, man, like, you know how depressing of a feeling that's going to be, bro? Hey, you broke up. Can you repeat the question? Oh, no, I was just saying that, um, you know, as I'm happy for Steve Wilkes for getting an opportunity, but I'm also sad because I feel like He's going to be really hand-strong. I mean, without, you know, any decent, proven, you know, quarterback currently on the roster, uh, I feel like that he can probably, you know, fine-tune and do some things on the defense to make them, you know, a little bit better than what they were. But, um, you know, I, I just really feel like that, you know, any good coach to have success got to have at least a average to slightly above average quarterback play, and I just feel like we don't have that. And – uh, I was just saying that, um, you know, it's, we're realistically looking at the fact that on October the 10th, we got 12 games left, three months left of football season. But it's seriously a legit chance we may not win another game and actually go 1-16. and 16. Like, that's literally a realistic option, you know, that could possibly happen for this team. If you remember my, yeah. uh, pr uh, my prediction back in March, 
I said, you know, we'll be lucky to go three and 14. And realistically, with things currently yeah. presented, we got to, we, we done pissed away our chances to get the, th- those three wins. Like, where, 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 where do you see two more wins to come from? Where do you see, I know Tepper said he want to do better than five wins. Where, where can we get five more wins from to be better, to be one game better than what we've been doing? Um, I, I just, the way things are presently constructed, I just don't see it. Yep, I agree. I agree. Even beyond um, Steve Wilkes doing well here, it's like this is going to go on his resume. And he's inheriting Baker Mayfield in the worst office in the league and not even close. Like, And this is going on his resume. Like his one year in Arizona is on his resume. And that's that's just with Josh Josh Rosen. It's like what, and it's it's the short end of the stick for sure, um, as far as coaching goes. So I'm not I'm not a huge like everybody's over the moon. I'm glad Steve Wilkes got the the shot too, but I'm like I don't know if I wanted this for Steve honestly because now it's going to be even harder once they bring in a guy and he's just out. It's going to be even harder for him to find the next opportunity. Yeah, it really is. Um, I mean, unless he shows something that's just, you know, can't miss um, type of thing. I, you know, I, I like to think that Wilts is respect enough around the league. Say, let's, let's just say, for example, if we are able to get a, a Flores or – or DeMarco Ryan's anything like that, that they would um, respect the OG enough to, you know, you know, keep him on and not just keep him on just for the sake of him, but because his, his work ethic speaks for him. Uh, so, uh, but that's really, I'm, I'm pulling for success for Wilts. It's just hard for me to, to see it the way things are presently constructed. Oh, okay. Lost JD there for a minute. So hopefully it'll be uh, back on here shortly. But um but yeah, Panther fans. Um so like what are you guys' thoughts? Uh, I see some of you guys are hanging in here with us and thank you for tuning in. I know it usually be a whole lot more people, particularly um watching us from Facebook, but due to the fact that my personal profile on Facebook has been restricted from doing lives until December the 1st. Um, I wasn't able to add uh, our normal fans that's on here to um, that a lot, a, lot of, a lot of the people that watch us and follow us come off of Facebook. So I think the, for the next podcast episode that uh, I'm going to turn this account over to, to Jadarius or one of the other fellows and let them set it up because um, – yeah, I'm really limited on my end as far as like setting up to do any type of live, you know, using Facebook to December the first. All because of a mem. I made a mem that was petty, and they thought that I was um, that I'm a risk. Basically, I, I had a mem about Jeffrey Dahmer saying that it's crazy how Jeffrey Dahmer, you know, got men to come over to his house, but you're still single. 
And I guess mentioned Jeffrey Dahmer triggered an algorithm and they restricted me on Facebook. Plus, I did three days on Facebook jail last weekend, Friday, Saturday, uh, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So that was crazy. But anywho, just, you know, give me a little background on um, what's going on with uh, from our end. But, uh, but yeah, I'm just going through the comments. You know, chat with you fans while waiting to JD come back here. Um, 919DW1LL says, oh, happy day. Ronnie Young, glad he's gone. Yep, definitely, definitely glad Matt Rule is gone. Um, let's see who else we got here. Michael Morton said, Bill and Tom, uh, we need three years minimum to turn the ship around. Um. I can see why you say that, but, you know, we've seen faster turnarounds. But, um, you know, I'm just ready for us to get back right. Um, no comparison says three is a good number, so I'm guessing three years. Uh, Darius Jones says just tuned in. Thanks for tuning in. Thoughts on Ken Dorsett's the head coach. You know what? Um, I'm not opposed to it. You know, um, Ken Dorsett, who used to be the – quarterback coach up under Ron Rivera while he was here, uh, followed McDermott up to, um, up to Buffalo and, and has done and has in his first year as offense coordinator after Brian DeBall left to be head coach of giants seems to be doing pretty good. So yeah, uh, Ken Dorsey would definitely be on my top five list of potential head coach, head coach candidates. Um, you know, I still remember him from the days playing college at the U. So, you know, definitely not opposed to that, even though I am a Tar Heels fan. But I, I definitely enjoyed the heyday of uh, the youth in college football. But, yeah, um, Darius Jones, yeah, I'm definitely not opposed to um, Ken Dorsey at all. And I think with the connection with Dan Morgan being down here who came down from Buffalo, there's a lot of connections that are going to play a factor. So, Uh, why Big Jordan says I want Dorsey too. Yep. John Barrera, Kev got all the memes. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. All right, I just took a quick pick over here. The Raiders were up not too long ago, 17 and nothing on the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs have came back and have now taken a 24-20 um, lead in the late in the third quarter, three minutes and 20 seconds left. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, had the Raiders been playing us, those 17 points would have got them a dub, you know. And, uh, you know, for the sake of my fantasy team, I got Travis Kelsey, who's got three touchdown receptions. So, hey, that's uh, that's all right with me.
And I thought JD would have been back on by now. I'm just checking my fantasy team real quick. All right, got a question here from John Barrera. Sorry if you spoke in this early. You think Correa could be a guy, but should we look towards the draft for our QB? Good question, John. Um, I'm definitely not opposed to, you know, Matt Correll coming in, you know, coming back and giving a chance to prove it, to prove, to see what he can be. Uh, but he definitely was needing a red shirt here anyway. I just want him to get it like this. Um just depends on who has our new coach. Like I said, a, a new coach may want his own guy. Uh, but I definitely think, you know, Matt Carell is going to have a say. Uh, I think it should be an open quarterback competition. Um, but, uh, you know, just depending on how where we fall in the draft and what happens. Uh, you know, I can definitely see a, a new head coach wanting to start off his tenure with his own quarterback from day one. Uh, you see how it's working out for Jets head coach, uh, you know, uh, Robert Saleh, uh, Salah, you know, with uh, Zach Wilson. So the Jets got a winning record <laughs> right now. I know it's still early, but, hey, you know, they're playing some good football. Strong defense, making plays on offense. Um, hey, you know, it's amazing, you know, what that'll do, you know, to you, you know what I'm saying? So I'm definitely not opposed to it. Anyway, pet friends, um, thank you for tuning in, you know, with us here on the Four Man Rush, um, you know, due to work schedules and got a couple of guys sick, you know, that's why it's, uh, it was just me and JD here. Oh, JD said he got kicked out, add me back. Dang. Well, anyway, but uh, 
appreciate you guys' support. Um, we'll catch you next week. Uh, we'll Hopefully, we'll be discussing the Panthers' victory over the Los Angeles Rams in week six uh, because they're not looking like the defending Super Bowl champs that we've known them to be. So, um, you know, who knows? Definitely stay tuned. Well, listen, on behalf of everyone at the four-man rush, um, this is uh, Kevin Avery. Again, we want to thank you all for tuning in and supporting us. And we'll catch you guys out on social media. Y'all have a good day. Take care. Be safe out there. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.